0: was uh, a very well-endowed man, right? <laughs> a jerk to work with, but not in the beginning, right? Not in the beginning. Um, but basically, Bob was the the first director-producer to um, have reoccurring characters in adult movies. Uh, the Johnny Wadd series was Give us a um, kind of a uh, a feeling of what it was like for you in the late '60s, going to UCLA.
1: soon after graduating from film school there, which was a great film school. I had wonderful teachers, uh, filmmakers like Joseph. Fortunately after I was there for I did that during the strike, and people saw that I knew how to load, and they asked me to set up some shots, so I set up some shots, and uh, they said, somebody came up to me and said, look, you know what you're doing, I can get you a job as a cameraman and shooting movies. Because it paid more than what I was making, and I started working in duty films. Duty features, actually, software features. Well, I was working on this one where the director was having trouble. Setting up the shots and telling the actors what to do, and uh, the producer said, started hiring me as a director. <laughs> and, then <laughs> and then from that, you know, I started working in the x industry.
0: I think one of the unique things that, that Shooting f- uh, uh, an adult film? Was it any different than.?
1: Well, for the features, you know, if I was going to do this, I wanted to shoot a story yeah. uh, for the pictures I got to direct. And they were. Uh, the software films, some of them. Strange period there. where we making software? Distributors was, I was working on films for at that time said, Look, why don't we make a, a documentary? So I said, Okay. He said, Look, I want to make something called The History of Pornography. So, okay, we got all the. At that time, uh, I got to bring that up to date. When I was in high school, the reason I'm against censorship was when I was in high school, I wanted. And all, all these people, you could not buy these books in the United States. So I had to send off to, to the Netherlands to get them. Uh, they were published in Paris by Traveler's Companion series and various publishers. But I bought them through Holland, and uh, I sent off these books. They would uh, some would come, some would not. The ones that would not, I got a letter from the US Treasury Department saying I had to sign a letter authorizing them to destroy them. Otherwise, I would be prosecuted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh so for importing uh, illegal things. So anyway, that's why I'm against censorship. Anyway, wh- wh- what I Yeah, <laughs> so
0: so then uh, uh, some of your first directing jobs, you wanted to direct stories. And, yeah. and if, the, if the story had sex in it, be it. First it
1: was a documentary and uh, I made a couple of documentaries and then after the documentaries things went from you couldn't do this to we don't know whether you can do this or not and it it was thrown to the states it became a states states issue whether they made it to be shown or not so what we did was we made our software a hardcore scene which gave the theater an option to cut it out or not. Well, once people started shooting the hardcore, it, it went from stories to they just wanted to show sex. So <laughs> I said, this isn't good. I didn't come here to just shoot you know, sex. <laughs> I came to shoot stories. So I held out the ER, which is what all the news news stations used back then. it's before video. So <coughs> I would shoot my, ect- Ectochrome ER was not a negative, it was a reversal, which is a positive film. So I would shoot all my films on that and take them to the lab, and they would tack them onto the news footage that was being run 24 hours a day As soon as I shot my film, I can get it back.
0: Because you, you knew people in the business <coughs> and they'd yeah. yeah. There was
1: Good. one lab that did it. Right. Yeah. And I was lucky that way.
0: Uh, some of the technical, well, we're jumping on the technical stuff. Um, uh, full disclosure. uh, Prior to that I worked at a company called Warehouse Records and Tapes. And I was the uh, video buyer. This is when video VHS and Beta first came out. Um, and one of my first jobs is they, they threw me into Throwing the PCR on, you know, honey sorry, I gotta watch these. Um. <laughs> <laughs> So I get into the adult movies. I was seeing Bob Chin films. Jump ahead 15 years. I'm now working at this camera store, and here's this guy, Bob, and doggone that name sounds familiar. Right? And one day the uh, Chuck says to me, Well, that's Bob Chin. I'm like, yeah, I know Bob. No, that's that's Bob Chin. You know, Johnny Watt, Bob Chin. Ding ding ding. A couple of years go by. We're not working at the camera store anymore. And, and Bob gets me up and says, "Hey, I'm, doing, I'm shooting some films. You want to come hang out and, and get some B-roll and stuff?" And so, uh, but watching Bob work was like watching uh, uh, again a, a person who um, took it very seriously. still used today uh, in, the, in, in the industry. It's called a chin shot. And we joke about it, but it's it's a legitimate way of shooting. Do you want to explain the, oh. the chin shot? <laughs> <laughs> showing the old in and out, uh, there's not a, light, not a lot of light going on down there, right? And so Bob uh, got one of the lighting guys and came up with uh, basically a, a, it was like a, correct me if I'm wrong, a broom handle type of thing, right? Yeah. Got a household dimmer switch that you would find on the wall, right? Rotostat dimmer switch, plugged in a Tweeny. For those of you who don't know, it's a very small, mole uh, Richardson light, got gaffers tape, put that on the end of the broomstick and plugged in the, the dimmer switch to the plug and ran that to the stinger, ran the stinger to power. Stinger is a, a extension cable. Ran that to power and the light guy was, you know, <laughs> How does he get light down there? What the, you know, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. But so that, was, again, that was again, that's the innovative and the the the, the, the stuff that, that that Bob came up with. But that was what it was like shooting. Um, let me go back to the the, the um, uh, First Amendment. Yeah. One of the things that, that, and this is why we're. Bob was one of the first guys to, to take stories and movies underground. It became illegal and they were doing raids in Los Angeles where they were shooting. you want to take it from there and what you what you had to do to escape them yeah. and go underground?
1: It was, it was illegal and I wanted to stay out of jail. <laughs> it, it was tough. We would uh, have to shoot secretly, uh, stay away from, you know. I, I would not give energy Still, basically illegal. You know, it was a gray area for a long period of time. But uh, yeah, it, w- it was tough. We uh, we would meet in certain designated areas and caravan to the location, and you know, watch out for anybody following us because the vice squad. part of the thrill of doing the whole thing. (laughs) I think I I enjoyed that a lot. But basically, it was putting on film something that you shouldn't put on film at that time. And to me, making films was very important. I loved, no matter what I was shooting, I loved it. I loved turning on the camera. And once video came in, one out of it for me and I just I didn't like video. Share that. Uh, <laughs> to you. Boogie Nights came out <laughs> and, and all of a sudden uh, people remembered
0: Wanna to, to wanna share how, how you met how you met John?
1: Yeah, it's not the way it was in that film. Uh, at that time I was shooting films, like I said, for $750, features, and, and we would shoot uh, if if the vice was clamping down real hard, we'd shoot soft core. And if we thought we could job on the crew and basically who's a real cameraman, who checked out more film than he knows. <laughs> <laughs> so we bought 400 foot rolls from him. So anyway, I told I told this guy, this tall, goofy looking guy, well, we don't need any crew. And he says, well, I'm also an actor. And uh, I said, well, you know. You I got every
0: other guy that comes walking in here. Right? Yeah,
1: he <laughs> I didn't see him as an actor. So I called my partner in and says, You want to take this guy's application and everything? So he took him into the office and and, uh, interviewed him, and I went on cutting the film I was editing. a film, he <laughs> <laughs> said, so I said, you wanna work that weekend? And he says, sure. You know? And I said, okay, we pay $50 a day. And he says, I get 75. <laughs> so we pay a bunch of $50 a day. But he held out for the 75, and then he said, well, I can do sex scenes in a day. And I thought, well, if you do four sex scenes, I can save them. sitting there and I said, okay, here's what we'll do. Basically, we shot these films with those scripts, you know, and idea, and, and once we get on the set, we tell the actor, well, you say this, <laughs> and then you say this, and you say this. So, uh, I wrote the script, and, and my partner was sitting there saying, God, my partner was also the cameraman, he was sitting there saying, God, what a God, a call Johnny A lovely relationship with that name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: How accurate was Boogie Nights taught when it? Uh,
1: uh, not very, not really. Uh, it wasn't all that accurate uh, because it sort of mixed the video period. Period, was the video yeah. 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 Um,
0: and then you were also technical advisor on the Val Kilmer Wonderland. Wonderland, yeah. Right. Oh, Val wow. Kilmer in movie Wonderland played John Holmes, uh, and it follows the uh, towards the end of John's life uh, when he was involved in the, the murders. Yeah. But you were you you got to sit with Val Kilmer and, and oh yeah. How did how did Val? Do Let's let's jump. Uh, we'll jump ahead here, and then I'll open it up to questions. What are you doing now? You retired. And what I'm are
1: retired writing. I've always wanted to write. Uh, I just finished my autobiography, which is being published next month. Coming out next month in two volumes. Called uh, it's called uh, the other side. of also been writing you know, publisher, one of his publishers once, Johnny Wadd novels. So I thought, well, yeah. it's my chance to to write out the stories that I had back then um, in a way that I wish I could have filmed them. Um, which is good. The first one has been published called Flesh of the Lotus, and two more will be appearing early next year.
0: That's kind of like
1: It's set in the nineteen seventies mm-hmm. and uh, it's sort of hard-boiled detective type, type stories.
0: You know. I read the first one and if you're if you're into LA noir type of stuff, I think it really does give a flavor of the seventies, especially. I grew up I grew up in Los Angeles and for me it really hit home. Uh, uh, there's scenes at the beach that I can just, I can I can just see, you know, so I thought that take the adult aspect out of it and or the the, 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 the Johnny Wad connotation and it is a, it's a smart detective novel and it's a it's a fun journey through 1970s LA